sports opinions with a side of satire. We're the First and Tens, a weekly show delivering the spiciest opinions on football, life, and especially each other. And we can do that because we've been best friends for so long. I'm Amy. And I'm Jasmine. First and Tens will bring you sports from the female perspective while also injecting pop culture, fashion, and music into our daring dialogue. We're saucy, edgy, and most of all, we We think think we're we're funny funny AF. First and Tens, light on stats, heavy on sass. Follow us at firstintenspodcast.com. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. Welcome to this week's episode of Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. The NBA playoffs are underway and things are bubbling up, pun intended. From Luka Doncic and the Mavericks to surprises in the East, Steph and I break it all down and give some of our own predictions. Then it's back to Dillon, Texas for black eyes and broken hearts on Friday Night Lights, where we talk about the importance of this episode then and now. Let's go. All right, Steph, we are in the playoff bubble, which is, of course, being played in a bubble. Uh, But the NBA playoffs are underway. We've had some very exciting games. We've had some series that have just been incredibly one-sided. So why don't you give us a quick recap on where everything stands? And then there are a couple series and teams uh, I want to talk about specifically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, yes, we have... It almost finished up and wrapped up in the East. We had Toronto take it 4-0, Boston 4-0, and the Miami Heat came out pretty strong 4-0. The Bucks started off slow against Orlando, but they are now 3-1, and and it looks like they could wrap that up Wednesday. And then over in the West, we have the Lakers 3-1 and over the Blazers, and Utah Jazz 3-1 and over Denver, and the two teams that are locked up right now are OKC versus Rockets and the Clippers versus Mavericks. So that's been a real fun series. That has been a really fun series. And I think let's start with that one. Uh, somewhat surprising. I'm not sure people really thought the Mavericks were going to give the Clippers this much trouble, but I think there was an underestimation of one Luca who's been just absolutely incredible. His three-point buzzer-beating shot to win the game on Sunday, tie the series on his bum ankle. I mean, really, it was pretty incredible. And Luca's very much been the difference in the series, and it, it almost feels like the Clippers just don't have an answer for him. Absolutely. I mean, you consider Luca Doncic and Sitch. Sorry, let me say that correctly. It's Luca Doncic. <laughs> <laughs> and I always have trouble with his last name, but it's that Sol- Slovenia, I guess. Yes, but, totally um, fair. You know, he was drafted, you know, at, you know, he was not drafted. I shouldn't say that, but he was, he basically came out of Slovenia. He had been playing in the European leagues and he joined the NBA at the ripe age of 19 and now at 21, he's like a monster and he's difficult to defend and he plays both sides of the ball. And he's definitely the most exciting to watch these days. He is. He's incredibly exciting. And he has made this series very interesting. I mean, I don't know. Would you still be surprised if the Clippers don't pull it out? But then again, that being said, playoff P, Paul George not so playoff P right now. And he is going to need to, in his own wise words the other day, in hindsight, if he was shooting better, 
the series would be very different. Those were his words. He is correct. I don't know why he needed hindsight for that, but that is correct. So if Paul George doesn't get out of this slump, so to speak, what happens to the Clippers in this Maverick series? I mean, at this juncture, I would not be surprised to see the Clippers eliminated. And I think that would be extremely disappointing because they look like the one of the top teams going into this bubble. But things have been very different in the bubble. Players mm-hmm. have played differently. They have come out of their um, shells. And some people are just really going at it. And I think, um, you know, we see that a lot in the different games that, that are very, very surprising. So even though the Bucks, for example, haven't finished their, you know, business, they needed to wake up. So yep. I think at this point, if the Clippers don't wake up, it's at that point where the Mavericks will take it away. So speaking of waking up, uh, you mentioned the Bucks. Of course, they lost that first game to Orlando, come back three to one. It was like they needed they needed, like you said, a wake up. Obviously, the Lakers, the same thing. They met those red hot trailblazers in game one and then, of course, have really woken up and are just dominating beyond dominating. Uh, and so we're seeing that happen. And but part of that, of course, is AD has just been incredible. Anthony Davis, obviously, LeBron is LeBron and they're playing as a team. You know, the Clippers, Kawhi can't do it all. Uh, and it's just it's really surprising to see. And it's just also surprising that they just have no answer, because I think coming out of that timeout on Sunday, 3.7 seconds left, everyone knew who the ball was going to and everyone knew what he was going to do and everyone knew where the ball was going. And they didn't have an answer to defend him. And part of it is obviously you give the credit to Luca, most of it, because he's incredible. But uh, the Clippers have a bit of an issue. They play, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, they play tonight. So it's going to be interesting to see, can they come out? I mean, I think in a lot of ways, this is 2-2. This is a must-win game for, game for the Clippers. I think if they lose this game, I don't know that they they can come back and make it. Maybe that's me being dramatic, but just from what we've seen so far. I'm not so sure. <laughs> you know, it's really, to me, what I've seen, and I've watched every single game, I'm not proud. <laughs> you should but. be. No, you should be proud. You should. It's amazing. <laughs> you should be very proud. <laughs> um, but when I've watched it, their defense isn't really showing up. I mean, yes, the Clippers mm-hmm. can score points, but, you know, Kawhi, as a great of a defender he is, he can't be all over the place. And I don't know... They do a lot of switches, switches. So I, I would put Kawhi on. No, I don't care where he is. You put him on Luca. That's how I would coach it. But you know, I'm not an NBA coach. But at the same, but you can see that he didn't. He did a switch, and he did exactly what he was supposed to do. But Luca's just too much of. I mean, he's just too much. So I think that's where they're going to struggle if they don't make some changes. Can they? Absolutely, but. You know, we'll see what happens and and it'll be interesting to see how it all like takes over because in as much as you can adjust to Luca, they're going to adjust Luca in a different way. So it's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, you know, like you said, can they? Absolutely. They're, I think they're a much more complete team than the Mavericks, but we'll see any given Tuesday, any given Thursday, any given day in the bubble. That's going to be the <laughs> sequel to any given Sunday, any given day in the bubble. Uh, so we'll see how that one plays out. Um, over before we get to OKC and Houston, over in the East, things are almost set, just waiting on that Bucks uh magic series to finish up. And I think 
the Bucks probably will finish that off tomorrow, but we'll see. Uh, interesting though, you have the Raptors who were the are kind of an unlikely, or I should say, before the season, maybe were thought to be unlikely to repeat as champions, but they are playing really well. Wouldn't it be ironic if they go farther than Kawhi and the Clippers end up going? Um, but they're kind of an interesting team to watch over there in the East. Yeah, it's super exciting, and I'm I'm pulling for them. I mean, you have a bunch of you know people that were not considered superstars, you know, next to Kawhi, and Kawhi was given the MVP, and yeah, these are the reigning champions still, and they've made good mm-hmm. adjustments, and going 4-0, and I mean, they're basically proving that they do still belong, you know, have a place here in the playoffs, and they're going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be Toronto and Boston, I, and I think, personally, those are the toughest two teams in the league right now. And I hate when they go out in the second round because of just mm-hmm. the way it matches up. But um, but who's coming on really strong is the Heat. I, I just mm-hmm. love the way – I think they're the best passing team in this league. I see um, Dragic and Butler, and they're just like – making their own games now. So it's just exciting to see them coming up because I think they might be a little bit of a surprise um, to see if they can pull this out. Because I think if they face the Bucks, which is the likely team, mm-hmm. I see them absolutely destroying <laughs> Milwaukee, which is hard for me to say because oh, Milwaukee's better than this, but they're just not playing well. They're, they're not playing well, and that's – that's what it comes down to. And I think that, you know, is a little bit was the thing about the bubble. Not all of these teams are the same teams they were for better or worse that they were in March. And it was a big difference to have that time off. And for some of them, I think it was rejuvenating. And for some of them, maybe less so. Uh, so we will see how this all plays out. But, you know, at the end of the day, winners adjust, Steph. Winners adjust. Yeah. So <laughs> we Gotta will. Make it work. You got to make it work. So let's take a quick look at the OKC Houston series, which is tied 2 2, uh, an exciting series, a series with a variety of storylines, um, player swaps, not during the series, of course, but from before. So how do you see this one playing out? I don't, I don't have a read on it, but I think this is something you're going to know better than I will. You know, I, I feel like the Rockets are more talented. And mm-hmm. they have more firepower than OKC. But OKC is just finding a way to win. And they're likable, which is, I don't know, maybe that's just me. But <laughs> you, <laughs> you kind of just see that them really trying. They The Rockets took 58 three-point shots last night, which was a record. And they they only lost by one. But it's like you see, they just kept, you could see them just not making them, not making them, not making them. And they never adjusted. Sometimes just go in and get a layup, get some points on the board, you know? And I don't know why they kept tossing up these bricks. So I was disappointed. I thought the Rockets would be a lot better. I thought they would just be all over OKC. And OKC's gritty. And I don't know if it's the Chris Paul, you know, mm-hmm, the, that mm-hmm. whole dynamic. But Chris Paul is a leader and he's out there and he's just making sure everybody's doing their job. And you can just see it on his face, just the competitiveness. So 
it's shining through. So who knows what's going to happen there? I, I'm kind of leaning that the Rockets still take it, but they're going to have to clean up their game and, and really adjust. And it's a, uh, it's not a game that I totally love because it's uh, they there's a, they just take their shots. They don't really pass the ball. They don't try to like f- switch it up a li- any way. But who knows? I mean, it just takes some shots going in, and they've got the win. So we'll see what happens. We will see. Well, we will know by next week's episode. We will know how yeah. that how this all played out, literally and figuratively. Uh, in Philadelphia, after obviously a very, very disappointing season, they have fired their coach. Um, Steph, the process is no more. Do not <laughs> trust the process anymore. The process is untrustworthy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Brent Brown, you know, he was kind of lauded for the last seven years about his process. And there's just been, um, they've just not, they've had so much talent and they've not lived up to the hype, you know, of everything that we thought that the Sixers were going to be able to do. And they, it seems, it's just really disappointing because they have the talent and how do you not get as much out of them as you possibly can is the question. And then you have to wonder, well, are the players willing to give it? So Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's a difficult situation because they're either going to shake it up where they're going to destroy everything and trade everyone away, or they're mm-hmm. going to um, really believe in their, their players and try to get new coaching behind them. But that's a process too. So it's, it's, it's that's a different process. <laughs> yeah. It's all a process, but, but, um, but maybe no longer trust the other process. <laughs> maybe now trust the new process. Or just do it and not talk about trusting it <laughs> and see how, how it plays out. Um, so lots going on in the NBA. The bubble, as we talk about every week, is work, working. The bubble's been exciting. Um, it was also pretty fun the other day to see your guy, Steph Curry, up there on the virtual oh, yeah. board as a fan watching his brother, uh, which I, I loved that. That was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been great. So we will keep an eye on these NBA playoffs. The next few days will be very telling. Uh, and now it's time of course, to switch gears and head over to Dillon, Texas for an episode entitled black eyes and broken hearts, um, which just already just sounds rough. Uh, and this is definitely a very tough episode when we last left our Dillon Panthers, Uh, Smash Williams and all of the black players on the team had walked off practice after the comments by Mac McGill, um, for which he apologized. But as we talked last week, his apology left really a lot to be desired, which comes up in this episode. So now in this episode, we are seeing the Panthers trying to adjust. And Eric is, Coach Taylor does not quite know what to do. Uh, people, everyone, Buddy Garrity comes to see him and says the boosters have voted. He has to fire Mac McGill. Eric does not, don't ask me why I'm all of a sudden calling him Eric and not Coach Taylor, but <laughs> Eric does not want to fire Mac McGill. It becomes very complicated. Um, Smash and his teammates hold a press conference and basically say, we'll play. They have a playoff game. We will play uh, if Mac gets fired. So, a lot of things happen. I guess I'll just go through the plot points here before we talk about it more. Um, Mac ends up giving Eric his resignation, which Eric does not accept. And 
basically they bring a few JV guys onto the team and they're in practice and trying to get them ready. It's clear that that's not probably going to work. Uh, And it is actually Smash's mom who comes into his room the night before the playoff game and she says to him, enough with this Mac McGill situation. The way that you change the mind of someone like Mac McGill or the way you show someone like Mac McGill is you go out there, you perform, you get a scholarship, you get your degree, and you are successful. But you are 17 years old and you are not going to risk your whole future for this, which I thought was a really interesting um, conversation and a really interesting perspective. And they do, in fact, play in the game and uh, the Panthers win. Now, the reason this all started was a reporter asked Mac in the last episode about the team they were playing in the playoffs. And she said, you know, I don't think that team had any black players. And I think that team was known for problems with racism. And it was Mac's response to that question that really started this dialogue and this conversation. And it was his comments that were really inappropriate and defensive. So now when they play that team, we see what that's like. And we see the refs are completely biased towards the other team. Smash's face mask is pulled. There are late hits and they refuse to call it. Absolutely refuse to call it. Um, And Smash powers through. He scores a touchdown. They go ahead and one of the players says something really horrible to him, and Tim Ringitz comes over and punches that guy, and it <laughs> creates an all-out brawl. As a result of the brawl, they pause the game, and they end up calling the game. Three quarters have been played. The Panthers are up by 10. They call the game. Uh, they get – you know, Coach Taylor comes in and says, we are not celebrating. We, this is not who we are. We do not get into brawls, but get your stuff. Get on the bus. We're not changing. And on the way home, they're pulled over by two – Uh, state troopers or police officers who say that they need to get Smash off the bus because he's being charged with assault, which is outrageous. And also Smash actually didn't start the fight. Tim did. But no matter what, it's outrageous. And it's Mac who says – and they say – they actually say you're either going to get him off the bus or we're going to get on that bus and drag him off. Mm -hmm. And Mac says to them, do you have a warrant? And they say – because he says, if you, you – we both know if you don't have a warrant, you cannot get on this bus and pull him off the bus. And they say, we can get a warrant. And he said, great. Go get a warrant. We're not going anywhere. And the two guys look at each other and they look at Coach Taylor and they just say, we'll get you next year. And they leave. And they leave. And when they get back to Dylan, Smash says to Mac, what happened back there? And he says, son, they made a mistake just like I did. Um And I think we see contrition from Mac that we really haven't seen, even when he gives his resignation to Eric. Like it's – he's sorry, but it's hard to tell. Is he sorry for what he said or is he sorry that it all happened that way? Um, But we see some real contrition there. And I think it's a really – it's a really powerful scene and it's a really powerful moment. And it is a reminder that this show takes place in a small town in, in West Texas. And uh, that things are not different and that here you have these two officers who totally want to arrest Smash really for no other reason than the fact that he's black and they're pissed, yeah. <laughs> frankly. Um, and um, it, was a, it was a really 
a really good episode. Smash's mom continues to just be one of my favorite characters on the show. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, I was taken aback by this. I cried this episode. <laughs> this is, this is a character I'm, episode for sure. I am. Um, I'm joining the crying. Uh, <laughs> welcome, with you, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's hard to believe. And I think that's why you need the allies. And, you know, you, I don't, it's just, it's, it was hard for me to watch, especially the police pulling over the bus because mm-hmm. we we I don't know as a society we expect more out of you know our civil servants and it was so racially motivated and you you could see that even the game itself was just so charged that they had to leave they couldn't shower they couldn't change they had to go and even with that they tried to take you know speed up and find him and it was clear that he was being, I don't know, goaded, you know, because they knew he that targeted that whole yeah, game. and he targeted, and they knew that it was already a sensitive subject for him because, and so that's what, and that's when Coach said, "Don't let them win. Do not mm-hmm. let them get in your head." And he didn't, and he took the he took the high road, you know, that his mom talked about. He's just like, "I'm here to play football, and that's it," you know. But even when you do everything right, there are some things that are just against you. And I think that that was just really eye-opening for me. It was. It was very eye-opening. And I think in with everything we've seen over the last several months, with everything we've seen this week, it is eye-opening and it is very scary. And it is a reminder, like you said, this is why you need the allies. And it's not enough to not be racist, you have to be anti-racist and you need to be an ally and we need to be allies for each other. And I think that was something that really, really came up in this episode. Um, And I thought I really going back to the conversation between Smash and his mother, which she said, the way that you change it is that you basically you, you become what everyone's so afraid of. And so, you know, you become a success and you, it's the same thing coach said to him, you play your game. And you right. don't let the outside noise affect you. And um, I just thought that was a very you know, interesting conversation. And I thought it was handled really well as a show. And I know we've been talking about this a lot the last couple of weeks. But again, this season was in 2006. It's 2020. And we are seeing the same things. 100%. And my one thing that I just – that really stuck out to me is this kid – has to make a choice. Okay, so do I do what's right for everybody and, you know, my people, my race, everything, you know what I mean? Or do I compromise and do what's right for me? So it's like this delicate, you know, what? how do you handle that as a as a young person in general or as a man in general? This is something that, you know, we don't, you know, as a white person, doesn't have to, we don't, we just have to worry about ourselves. We don't have to sit there and the whole fate of the team in our mm-hmm. race mm-hmm. is, you know, on our shoulders, you know? So that's really what that whole leadership thing, like that's a lot to carry. It's a big burden. And yeah, there's got to be a balance there. You want to stick up for what's right, but at the same time, you don't want it to hold you back. And it's hard. It's just 
very difficult. And I, I like the way the show approached it because this is something I've never had to think about. And mm-hmm. this is where my privilege comes in. So that's, that's kind of a really good eye-opening scene for me because it's something that I, I've never had to deal with. I just had to do my own stuff, you know? So it's, I just, it, it helps you really see their vantage point. It really, it, it is really very eye-opening. And there's a scene earlier in the episode where one of Smash's teammates says, I am worried about this. I'm really close to getting a scholarship and I need that right. scholarship to go to college. And I think that's kind of what Smash's mom was saying is you could stand on this and you guys could not play, but are you putting all of your futures at risk? Whereas if you guys, you know, you get a scholarship and you go to college and you get a degree and you're successful in whatever you do, will you able be able to enact more change than by standing your ground and you're not going to play in this playoff game? And then what does that do to everybody? How does that affect them in the future? And I think that's what she's saying. And I'm, I don't think it's an easy answer and I don't know that there's a right or wrong. It's probably what's best for each person. Um, but I think that's what she's saying. And it just is kind of, it is, it is interesting and it is eye-opening and it 100% shows, you know, the privilege that we have had because it's not something we have to worry about and it's not something Matt Saracen has to worry about and it's not something Tim right. Reagan has to worry about. And that is, you know, something that I think we see you know, quite a bit on this episode. And there's that moment between Tim and Smash where Tim says, we need you. Um, and we start to see the beginning of a friendship between these two guys that have hated each other when this yeah. – started. And we do start to see a friendship between Riggins and Smash. And they've certainly had ups and downs, but we're kind of, I think it's eye-opening for the other players as well. And, you know, for the other students to see what's going on. Um, In the midst of this, uh, Julie Taylor has become even better friends with Tyra. And uh, now it's not just cutting class. Now they were at the landing strip uh, to get (laughs) Money from Mindy, so Tyra's sister, to go to the movies. Uh, and they and Landry and Matt show up there. <laughs> and long story short, they end up in jail. I mean, not long term, obviously, but for like a minute. And like, to be like, 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 like <laughs> and everybody gets to go home. But um, Tammy says she wants to keep her perp in there a little longer so her perp can realize what she's done. But we are definitely seeing the beginnings of Julie's rebellious phase starting. They get home and she's super rude to her parents. I mean, she's really, really um, mouthy for lack of a better, better yeah. term. And she uh, is just being very different than she was. And they say she can't be friends with Tyra. Um, and that, of course, creates issues. And in this episode, Matt's still trying to win her back. He makes her a mixtape. Uh, and Tyra says that's not going to do the trick, like spend a little money. And he ends up buying her a necklace with her birthstone. Uh, and at the end of the episode, he gives it to her and says, like, we've been going out for a while. We have it made official. Will you be my girlfriend? And she's all in to be his girlfriend. Um, and so that's a very sweet moment that's in the yeah. middle of this. But, you know, what's interesting kind of about this episode is we do have those other storylines, but they're not as prevalent is in some of the other episodes, there's usually like one major big storyline and then a few others that are big, that are prevalent, but not that prevalent, but more prevalent, I feel like, than the ones in this episode. I'm not sure if that made any sense, but do you know what I'm saying? 
Sort of. <laughs> well, I think they didn't want to take away from the biggest issue. I guess that's what no. it is. I think we but, end up with like major storylines and then a, a number of smaller storylines that really yeah. get weaved in. And in this particular case, I think we didn't have – They As didn't much. want to take away. Yeah. But there's still like – I what I kind of found interesting, I'm always looking at this like underlying, you know, theme, you know, it's just how I am. But, um, you know, Julie had this tone and obviously the Taylors don't like Tara. You know, she's been suspended. Tyra. Enough. Tyra. Yeah. Tyra. What did I say? Tara. But that's sorry. Okay. Tyra. Oh, sorry. Tyra. Um, but she's been suspended and she doesn't wear enough clothes. You know, yes, that kind of thing. And Julie thinks that they're prejudiced. They made up their mind before they even got to know her. So I think there's this whole idea of outward appearances, like, okay, is she automatically mm-hmm. trash because of where she comes from, what her mother does and what her sister does, and she's judged off that. So I thought that was kind of good that it was interwoven because yeah. even though the Taylors are obviously good people, you know, we all have these little prejudices and, you know, in and it's not just about race. It's, a, you know, there's there's lifestyle and there's, you know, choices that are made and people are judged on them. And you know what? I'm really glad you brought that up because Tammy makes a comment about Mindy and says she's basically very judgmental. She says of someone who takes their clothes off to make a living. But the reality is that's what she has to do. Those are right. her life choices. And that's the choice she has to make. So most people don't grow up saying that's what they want to do. But sometimes, you know, life happens and you have to make choices. And it's it's not anybody's place to judge those choices and to judge that someone made that decision because that's how they need to make a living. That's what Mindy can do. And so it's funny because I actually think when Tammy says that, it always takes me aback because I'm like, that feels so unlike her. Yeah. Um, but we will see them grow in this area um, in – future episodes. But I think you make a really good point. There is prejudice there, a different kind of prejudice, but absolutely prejudice there. Yeah. And it's it's not like they – it's like nobody wants this role. You know, nobody mm-hmm. wants to – like Tyra does not want to be, you know, without a father and have, yeah. you know, a mother, you know, doing her thing and a stripper sister. That's not a role she chose. And it's not a role that Smash chose. And you see, it's not really something, you know, even Mac McGill, he he loved the kids. You could kind of see that, you know, even though what he said was wrong, point blank wrong, he had so much sacrifices. He was the coach that integrated the team in the first place. Yes. He had prejudices, obviously, but we have to all grow together about it. You know, we can't, we have to like, put down our, you know, shield, so to speak, and learn together because we all have them. And I I keep thinking about that, like, because I was really mad and Coach McGill, I was like, I'm not yeah. forgiving him. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, I kind of see it. You know, I kind of see that every, like, that could be me. That could be something I might say, I might make a mistake or I might, you know, say something that's totally uncalled for because you know, all the things that, you know, we, we grow up with. So it's just a, it makes you just really think about other people and, and try to, you know, be better towards everyone. And we do see Mac really grow because in the last episode, there's that scene with Smash where Smash tries to have mm-hmm. a do- dialogue and Mac just shuts him down and is just horribly rude and offensive. Uh, and then by the end of this episode, when he says, I made a mistake and for him to admit that 
for him, I think is a very big deal. It doesn't make it perfect. It doesn't make it okay. But for him to admit that is a big deal. And you're right. We need to be better to each other and we need to be allies to each other. And, you know, everybody does have prejudices and we have to work really hard to let go of them because no matter what they are about, they're not fair and they're not right. Uh, And prejudice is not correct, whether it be because you're you know, Tammy's prejudice that Mindy's a stripper or they're prejudiced because of the way Tyra dresses and they, and she's been suspended, whatever it is, um, you know, take a look at the person and, and what's going on. And, and I think um, it's, it's the whole idea of just labeling based on whatever, right? On appearances. On appearances. On everything. Or, on anything. Yeah, yeah. Because like even Tim Riggins, he is so uncomfortable, you know, being a leader and taking the JV, you know, under his wing and, you know, all the different things. And he's like, I'm not a leader. So he doesn't even want that role that he, and then even Smash says, hey, you were born to play it. Because that's kind of like, no, you know, it's not, they're, they're really not that, you know, born to play it. It's, who they are and who mm-hmm. they've become. So I think it was really, um, it was interesting. It's 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 always interesting to like, to put yourself into those uh, situations. And I, I just thought that was a really good episode. It was. It was a really, really good episode. And, you know, it and the last one, just so poignant for where we are today as well. And really very important episodes. And I think I said last week, if if you're listening every week and you're not, you're not watching a show, but you're just kind of like listening to it, Awesome. I would really recommend watching these last two episodes, Blinders and uh, Black Eyes and Broken Hearts, because they're really very, very important. Next week's episode is called I Think We Should Have Sex. <laughs> That's the name <laughs> of the episode. So we will be discussing that one. Uh, not we ready will, for Julie. <laughs> I know. We don't, we're not – we're not ready for it, but there's uh, that's the episode coming up next week. So there's there's the teaser on that one. Uh, we'll also, of course, talk NBA playoffs. We are at the midpoint of Major League Baseball season and the trade deadlines next Monday. So on Tuesday, yes. we will be talking about any major trades that have happened. Uh, of course, NFL training camps are underway. The season begins two weeks from Thursday, if you can believe that, because I kind of can't. Like, Where has the time gone? It's crazy. Uh, But we will have much, much to discuss. Uh, But Steph, this was great. This was an important one to to talk about. um, And I'm glad we had the opportunity to do so. Absolutely. Uh, Do we, should we fangirl says who's hot, who's not? Oh, yeah, we can. Take it out with that. Um, I know some weeks we do, some weeks we don't, but we've been pretty good about it. So I think we'll do it. I can, uh, I can go first if you want, or you can go first. Either way, um, I'll I'll go. Um, so I think, and this is going to be a baseball who's hot. Uh, Mike Yastrzemski uh, from the Giants, the San Francisco Giants. He came in to this season literally as a nobody, and he right now is just hitting at an MVP level, right under Tatis Jr. And I just think he's so hot right now. It's just exciting because the Giants were not projected to go anywhere. And he's just basically putting the team on his back and doing amazing things on the field and also with the bat. So he's my who's hot. My who's not. You know, last week I chose uh, Doris. But I'm going to, for my who's not, it's going to be Chris Weber. I can barely handle him <laughs> calling the game. Um, he's go just blue, so annoying. <laughs> um, I know Doris so, was yeah. your who's hot last week, but this I week. I know. 
It's just well, night and sorry. day. Sorry, Chris Weber. Um, <laughs> sorry about sorry about that. <laughs> but go blue. Who? I still support you. Go blue. <laughs> um, my who's hot is I'm gonna do two. Obviously, Luca because yeah. Luca. Uh, and then I'm also giving my who's hot. I'm going to go baseball. Um, and I know I'm biased, but Mookie Betts because he's, he's so good and he signed that contract. And I think it's kind of rare or maybe it's not that rare, but like he signed that monster contract and he has really lived up to it thus far. So mm-hmm. we're definitely giving Mookie Betts a solid who's hot. And my who's not hot, um, you know, at the moment, I'm going to give it to the Clippers. They're not that hot right now. Not so hot. Not so hot. But listen, by the time you listen to this, they may have come out because they're playing tonight, come out and had a monster game playoff P maybe in full effect. And if you're listening to this tomorrow, you're going to be like, what is she talking about? So just know this was recorded on Tuesday morning. So as we go with that, um, and that's what we got. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And we will talk to everybody next week. Bye, Steph. Bye, all.